Welcome along to 98 Not Out, uh, all the way from Sydney, Australia, where it's very early in the morning, but um, many thanks for joining us, Mr. Mark War. G'day, guys. How are you over there? We're all right. Now, look, by the, by the T-shirt you're wearing, it looks like um, summer is, uh, is, is, is arriving over there. Yeah, well, it's not quite. It's about uh, two weeks away, so but it's starting to warm up. The cricket season is uh, basically starting um, as we speak, really. Um, India are out in Australia, and so it's just starting to heat up and uh, looking forward to it, actually. Going to be a big series, that, isn't it? You're looking forward to that? Yeah, it will be, yeah. India um, are obviously a top side, and our boys have, have been back on track, I think, the last 12 months. Um, India led by Virat Kohli. Kohli's only going to play one test, which is a bit disappointing for the summer. He's got to go back for the birth of his child, but still should be a great, uh, a great summer of cricket. How do you fancy Australia's chances? I think Australia will win. I really do. I think um, with our bowling lineup um, and Coley missing three out of the four tests, it's a big hole for India to fill. So on home soil, uh, India beat us last time, but we had no David Warner and no Steve Smith. So they're back in the team, obviously for Australia, which makes a huge difference. So, yeah, I think Australia should win this summer. Should win quite cl- clearly, actually. Not that crowd noise really makes such a difference for cricket like it would do for football or soccer, whatever we call it. Um, but is there, is there, are the crowds going to be loud back in? We were talking to Shane Watson last week and he said that there was 50-odd thousand people watching the State of Origin game. Um, yeah, well, so that's right. So, I mean, it keeps changing day by day. In South Australia, for example... Um, they've got a complete lockdown at the moment. That's where the first test match is due to be played in Adelaide. So, um, But assuming things are, are reasonably normal, I think you know they're saying there can be 25,000 people at the Boxing Day test match, which is still a pretty good crowd, isn't it? It's not going to be full, but I still think there'll be plenty of Aussies. And when India come to Australia, there's always heaps of Indians in the crowds as well, making plenty of noise. So I think there'll, there'll be a pretty good atmosphere. We saw that um, at the State of, the state of Origin uh, Rugby League game, uh, a day or two ago, there was uh, was it fifty two thousand admitted to the stadium for that game? Yeah, fifty fifty odd thousand Queenslanders, which is which is madness. There was a few New South Wales Blues supporters there. Of course, some New South Wales supporter. The result was pretty pretty ordinary, but um, you know it was great to see people out and about and and going to sporting events and and living a normal life. I know you guys are doing it really tough in, in the UK and Europe. It's you know terrible watching from from afar, but uh, hopefully you guys get through it and. Everything's back to normal as soon as possible. But um, certainly in Australia, a, a lot of the businesses and a lot of the sport is carrying on a, as per normal at the moment, which is great. That's good. And uh, New, the West Indies have just arrived in New Zealand as well. Um, is there any talk of... Uh, uh, I, mean, I, I know New Zealand have been really hard on uh, restricting the virus mm. and whatever else. Are there any prospect for spectators down there? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on in New, in New Zealand. Um, I know they've been very strict over there, so... Um, not not sure. I haven't, haven't got an answer for you, mate. I'm just concentrating on, on the Australians. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, we, I think we're still letting a few Kiwis in. We're trying to keep them out, but um, we'll let the odd one in if we have to. <laughs> You're always trying to keep them out, though. It's nothing to do with the virus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So um, just looking back at your career, we'll start with, um, obviously, we're an Essex-based radio station, mm. and um, you had some pretty good times at Essex uh, back in the day. I did. I, I really did. I was just trying to, um, before I came on air, I was just trying to think of all the players I played with. But um, um, I can't even remember the year I, I first started, but it might have been around 85. Um, I actually replaced Alan Border at the back end of um, a season. 
um, as a replacement for AB, had to go home early. So Alan Border recommended me uh, to Essex, which was which was great. Um, I think my first game actually was pretty good. I, I made a hundred oh, in, in a Sunday league game. Yeah, I made a hundred and got a couple of wickets. So I remember that quite clearly. That was my first game, and I only played the back end of that season. Then, of course, I came back later and played a couple of full full seasons and some part part time seasons again after that. But um, I just had great times. I remember it very clearly because when I first played for Essex, I hadn't played for Australia yet. So I hadn't really established myself as an international player. And it was, a, I suppose, a fair bit of pressure um, to come and fill Alan Border's shoes. But luckily, I was playing with a, a, great, a great team. Um, Graham Gooch was the leader when I first started. Keith Fletcher was still around, still playing. So yeah. it seems a long time ago. I think Fletcher was about 60, but um, he batted... <laughs> Yeah, he batted number seven, and um, but he, he was a great uh, leader as well, Keith Fletcher. So um, I just had, had a great time. I learned my cricket um, um, on the run, really played on some pitches in the first season that were pretty dodgy. And I think if you averaged around 39 or 40, you were doing pretty well. And then it all sort of changed um, a season or two after that when they brought in all these penalties for, for bad pitches where, you know, I think we lost 25 points and lost one of the one of the competitions. Um County competitions because of that one season at South End we got docked twenty five points but yeah great great um, great times at Essex there's, there's so many players that I first played with that were playing for for England Graham Gooch and Neil Foster Derek Pringle all these guys were sort of the first group of, of players John Lever I played with John Lever of course um, Brian Hardy all these characters so I'm sure you've got a lot of stories on those guys and it was um, legend you know a bit of an eye opener to be honest playing with those sort of guys. Pringle's written a good book um, called Cricket in the 80s. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I haven't read it, but I've seen bits of it, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and in that, I mean, it's a cracking read because he talks about the exploits off the pitch as well as on the pitch. And uh, were you treated to some of the um, Chelmsford nightlife <laughs> and uh, back in the well, 80s? Well, I was led astray a few times. But I remember <laughs> going to quite a few um, sort of old trendy pubs with Derek Pringle and John Stevenson. I know... Suggs, he liked his, his different uh, pubs and, and different bands and, and beers and wines and that sort of things. Um, I roomed with Paul Pritchard a fair bit of my career at Essex and he was, he was, he was good fun. But um, there were so many characters um, amongst the, the squad in those days. Um, Brian Hardy, he was, a, he was a character, Lager. And then I remember John Lever. We were playing against, um, might have been Derbyshire, I think Dennis Stulley or... Michael Holding was playing one of the two and John Lever ran into bowl with a mask on. He just picked the mask off from someone in the crowd and ran into bowl with his <laughs> mask and get out of the joke shop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there, there were so many characters. But um, I've got to say, Essex, they, they were great competitors on the field, but they enjoyed off the field just as much. Um, there was a, you know, a lot, of, lot of good drinkers in the team. I won't reveal too many names, but I'm, I'm sure they're aware of who they are. But they were good guys, you know, they are really, really good fun. And, um, you know, you were playing in each other's pockets, you know, pretty much seven days a week. So you had to enjoy, you know, each other's company. Otherwise, it would have been a bit of a grind. So it was all good fun, really. It looks like not only did you replace Alan Border, but he, you were personally recommended by Alan Border as well. I mean, there's not much more pressure than that, is there? Yeah, well, was, well he was the Australian captain, so... It was a pretty good start. I mean, better that he likes than he doesn't like it. And he's a tough marker too, AB. So, um, but, uh, you know, I get on great with AB. And um, there's been so many Aussies go through the system there at Essex, haven't they? Uh, you know, Michael Kasperwitz, Stuart Law, 
Um, I'll probably I'll, I'll miss a few, but um, AB was probably yeah, the yeah, original. Yeah. So there's lots of Aussies, and um, but yeah, I mean there was pressure, of course, because I suppose a lot of the Essex fans and players probably wouldn't have known a whole lot about me when I first went over there. But it was just a matter of performing, really. Once you start performing, then you get the respect, and if you fit into the the culture of the team, and um, you know if you're not too arrogant or aloof, um, you know you'll fit in well and. Essex, um, you know, they made me fit in. You know, they made me very welcome, especially after I scored a few runs and took a few wickets. So I was pretty happy. And <laughs> that made a difference, of course. <laughs> so it was it was pretty smooth sailing, um, you know, once I started to, to do well. Is that a big thing when you're, when you're playing overseas that, uh, you, you know, once you've relaxed and fitted into the team and, uh, you know, been, become part of it, that you can – it reflects in your game. You're more relaxed and you can express yourself – a bit easier. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, in some ways, you're sort of by yourself, aren't you? You move to a foreign country, playing a team you don't know anyone to start with. So, and there's the pressure of being the overseas player. So, it sort of can it can um, get to you if you have a have a bad start and you're not in a good team environment. I mean, Graham Gooch was a great captain, so he made me feel very welcome right from the word go. Whether it be off the field, you know, having you know dinners and luncheons and barbecues at people's places, or going down the pub, or well, just with, with the cricket in general, just in the nets and so forth. So, I mean, Gucci was great. He was, he was a tough taskmaster too, Graham, but he's very um, uh, individual sort of, you know, he'd, he'd look after individuals as well. You know, he was a leader on the field and off the field. So I was lucky I was in a great team environment. And at that stage, Essex were having a lot of success. So I was amongst a, a good side and there's a, you know, a lot of confidence about everyone playing in the team. And as I said, I, um, I fitted in well and was lucky enough to, to make, um, make a, a pretty good impact um, in my first county season, albeit in very tough batting conditions. And then after that, I, you know, I scored a lot of runs, and they got a bit of value out of me with my with my bowling as well. I remember bowling a lot of overs and getting a, a stress fracture in my back at one stage. <sighs> but I was always involved um, with bat ball in the field, and um, the pressure sort of sort of was relieved quite early when I was you know I was making uh, a lot of runs. When you were going around the world with Australia. The world cricket team was very different back then to what it is now. What are your sort of best memories of playing Test cricket or or ODI cricket around the world? Or did uh, and what are you what are your the ones that you kind of when you think back you you wince a little bit and think oh god that wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> well, whenever whenever I played England and beat England, they were the, the best memories. To be honest, I mean we always <laughs> we were brought up. Uh, with the Ashes being the number one series um, for an Australian and I'm sure for an Englishman as well. So it, it was always the, the highlight of, I think, players' careers in my era. Um, obviously, my first test is a big highlight where I played against England in Adelaide and, and knocked off 100 in my first test. Um, uh, Graham Gooch was captain, obviously, of England <laughs> in that test match. So, <laughs> um, I mean, that sticks to my memory very clearly that my first test and always the tours to England, you know, playing at Lords and these sort of places where... You know, it's just the magic of cricket. I grew up on, you know, watching the Ashes on TV in the middle of the night in Australia. So I always um, wanted to play in an Ashes series, of course, and then obviously to do it in Australia and in England. You know, I've got to say, not just because I'm speaking to Essex people, that, you know, that they were the, the series that I, I really remember fondly. I mean, of course, going to India and the West Indies when I first started playing for Australia, the West Indies still had Marshall and... Uh, you know, these great players, Greenwich, Dujon, Viv Richards, uh, yeah. Richardson, Ambrose, Walsh, Marshall. So that was a highlight as well, just playing against those guys. Not that we ever thought we could beat them because we, we, we sort of 
that we sort of held them in such high, high awe that, you know, we were happy just to play against them. And But every country's got its own, you know, differences and it's great to play in all these different countries. Pakistan, I played in Pakistan when I first started and, you know, Sri Lanka, India, they're, they're great. New Zealand, South Africa was always a tough place to tour, you know, very tough, tough crowds and good sides to play against. Um, so, you know, I always remember playing in South Africa and making a few runs over there, but, you know, nothing beats playing at Lords or the MCG or the SCG Australia versus England. Growing up, who were, who were your, uh, cricketing heroes who were the ones that you really admired well the Aussies uh, was Doug Walters and Greg Chappell I just loved the way those two guys you know batted and I sort of had a bit of their game I think in my game when I played for Australia and Viv Richards he was he was probably the my, my hero um growing up uh, even though I played against him um you know I still he was he was still a great player then but he was just number one um you know, years before that, he was, he was just an amazing player. So, you know, I just love Viv Richards, just the way he went about playing and his aura on the on the ground, the collar up and the chewing the gum and <laughs> banging the, the handle of his bat out, um, you know, and, and the, the chest was always puffed out there. And just the way he played his, his cricket was, was uh, he was the one guy that sort of stood out to me to, to watch and play against. <laughs> Now, you mentioned your batting and your bowling, but you weren't too shabby in the field either, were you? Did you hold a yeah, record at some stage? Yeah. That was a, you yeah, record, I had the, yeah, I had the, the test record, I think, 181 catches for a, a lot of years there, and now that's been passed by, I think, I think Raul Drava was the first one to, to go past me, and then it might have been, um, uh, who was it? I can't Anyway, it's gone. The yeah. record's gone. But, um, yeah, look, I love my catching, and for Essex, I... I sort of slipped into second slip there for most of my career and filled there for the, for the spinners. John Childs was took a few catches off Charlie Childs there at slip. But, um, but yeah, I remember taking a lot of catches off Derek Pringle. He, he was good to field to in the slips because they didn't come quite as quick as, say, Neil Foster <laughs> or all those guys. So you just kick the top of the wicket and they little outswings and just find the edge. But, um, yeah, look, I loved, loved to be involved in the game, whether it was batting or bowling, but fielding um, – you know, it just sort of come to me fairly naturally. So I'm sure I dropped a few catches as well. But, uh, you know, I remember taking taking a few few good ones. The best one I took, I think, was at, um, down at Kent. Um, the, the guy who umpires now um, used to be a left-hand batsman. Um, umpire, international player. Peter Willie? International um, umpire. Left-hand bat. Um, I took a, a cracking catch off him at the gully. I remember it clearly down at uh, Canterbury. That was the best catch I took, I reckon, at... Um, when I was playing for Essex, so <laughs> I, should know, no, I should know his name. You guys should know his name. He's umpiring now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He was a Kent player. Yeah, he used to left-hand opening batsman. Dark hair. Quite thin. Uh, um, anyway, it's a trivia question. We don't, we don't, talk, about, <laughs> we don't talk about Kent. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't, we don't like Kent. No, that's right. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. So Mark, it's interesting. You, you, I mean, a lot of people obviously will will name somebody like Viv as uh, as one of their idols growing up. Um, your your batting style was yeah, it's been credited as being very easy on the on the eye, very natural, um, rather than ever ever forcing the ball. You know, so how did you? Was that literally something that just happened naturally, or did you work at that? No, it's just naturally. I, I mean, I had those players that I. I I love to watch Greg Chappell and Doug Walls. Greg Chappell's probably, you know, in a similar mould, I guess. He was a great player, though. But, I mean, Viv Richards, I would love to have battled like Viv Richards, but I couldn't, couldn't bat like him. But, <laughs> uh, 
No, it was just just natural. I mean, you know, I, I, I didn't have a lot of coaching when I grew up. Um, there was a few coaches along the way, but generally, um, obviously, with Steve and we just um, had a lot of backyard cricket, obviously. But, um, I mean, we Stephen had a different style to me. So it's just, just what was natural, really. Yeah, you know, sometimes people would say, I was easy to the eye and, and then they'd say I was lazy in the same sentence. So I sort of had to cop that being in that bracket all my career. But um, no, it's just the way I played. You know, you know, I wouldn't say I specifically tried to bat like anybody, but um, just what happened naturally and that's how it developed. It's a bit like David Gower, isn't it? Gower was always yeah. accused of the same thing. Um, you know, fantastic and beautiful to watch, but um, there were others mm. that say all you do is bowl one across him and... Uh, Tell Gully to get ready. <laughs> well, you've got, to, you've got to get out some way, don't you? If you're going to get out, you may as well look good at getting out as well. So, um, you know, I, I love David Gower, actually, as a player. I, play, I was lucky enough to play against him at uh, Chelmsford. I think he got a double hundred against us there at Chelmsford one day. Just, he, he batted beautifully. But um, he used to hit the ball very hard, you know, even though they said he was a graceful player. He used to time the ball so well. And But, yeah, I mean, every, every player's got their own style. And um, it's funny... When you get called an elegant player, you'd like to be called a tough player as well at some stage. You don't get that bracket. And, and someone like Stephen, he was called a tough, gritty player, but he, he'd like to be called something different as well at different stages in your career. So it's just um, you, you sort of get better, You get put in a bracket or, or a basket and you, that's the way you are the rest of your career. But, um, yeah, I mean, it takes all different styles to form, um, you know, a good team of whether they're batsmen or bowlers. And, you, you know, you need your elegant and graceful and your aggressive players and you need your tough players and, and stodgy players as well. And that was always the case at Essex too. There's a, you know, there's a few sort of stodgy players there and some 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 great elegant players as well. If you're scoring runs, you're elegant. If you're not scoring runs, you're lazy. Was that it? <laughs> That's it, yeah, correct. Or you're not, not, not trying or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take the good with the bad. I'm going to ask you a strange one. Um, when you're out in the middle playing for Australia, you're wearing a baggy green, you're in front of a packed SCG or MCG. In your head, did you ever hear Richie Benno commentating on your shots? Did you ever give it to <laughs> Richie? <laughs> yeah, well, when I, when I played for Australia, that, there was a great group of commentators, you know, Richie and Tony Gregg and Bill Laurie and Chapel. Uh, they were all, all still around, so... To be honest, I, I never really watched many replays or obviously we didn't have the TV on listening to the commentary in the dressing room. The, the TV might be on, but we never will listen to the commentary. No no disrespect to those guys because they're great commentators. But um, no, I, I just, not really. I, you, you might see the odd highlights when you, you get home or something, but I wouldn't go out of my way to sort of to, to watch any replays or, or listen to the commentary. It was more late in lady, lady years, really, on YouTube or, or whatever the way. You know, all these replays are up and, and running. So when I was actually playing, you know, I had great respect for those guys. You'd see them at the ground in the morning or at the hotel or something. But, um, yeah, you're more focused on, on just playing. But, um, yeah, you just you get to see some of the replays probably more often these days. Yeah, they were they were an amazing team and um, will live on through the, the 12th man, <laughs> mm. which is brilliant. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you're looking around today, um, who, are the, who, are the, who are the guys that catch your eye in the modern game? As far, well, as far as batsmen are concerned, um, you know, you, you've got probably your, your three top players with um, Steve Smith, Coley and Kane Williamson. Joe Root was probably 
he was probably right up there. He's probably just dropped off a little bit in recent times, but it, he's a quality player as well. You know, and then you've got your, your great competitors who can win games like Ben Stokes, you know, some of that batting. You know, that inning is against Australia. Yeah. But Headingley, um, there I remind myself, um, <laughs> it was an amazing innings. Um, but, you know, there's you know there's some great fast bowlers, group of fast bowlers around the, the world now. Obviously, England have got Stuart Broad and James Anderson and Australia have got as, as good a bowling attack as they've had at any time in recent times with Stark and Hazelwood and, and Cummins and Nathan Lyon. Um, you know, the Indians have got good good pace bowlers now with Shammy and Jasper Boomer. Um, but, um, you know, there's, there's so many great players. And, of course, you've got the T20 format these days, which wasn't around when I played. So you've got guys who can whack the ball out of the park and take amazing catches. Um, you know, the, the list of top players is endless. Um, but, you know, the, the three batsmen that really stand out for me are, are Smith, Coley and Williamson. You know, they're, they're all different in their own way. But, you know, I love watching them play and, and going about their business and that their hunger for runs and their enthusiasm for the game. So, yeah, there's lots, lots of fantastic players playing at the moment. Interesting that the three that you just mentioned, they were all captains. And sometimes people say, you know, the captain or, or, or a very, very good player maybe isn't the same player when he is the captain. But those three guys have thrived, haven't they? Yeah. Well, Steve's just not captain now. He was, but you, you're right. Um, but, um, oh, I mean, a class player is a class player, whether you're captain or not. It generally doesn't affect them too much. Um, yeah, they, they, they manage to sort of, you know, be able to do both things, um, you know, in, in great fashion. So, yeah, those those guys are probably the, the the three guys where their batting definitely doesn't affect their captain. Occasionally, a captain will, you know, will affect their batting. But generally speaking, you know, the tough guys with the, you know, the great mindset as well. All those three guys are, are really strong mentally as well. So that that definitely helps. What do you think about um, the Australians letting the cameras into the dressing room for that series, the Test last year? Yeah, I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I always think those kind of things are really, you know, for the for someone that's never done that or been in that environment, it's a real education and, yeah. and a real eye opener. Yeah, well, I thought the documentary was great. It was it was sort of unfiltered as well. I mean, they might have taken a few bits and pieces out, but but I think the players are obviously more used to it these days. You know, the cameras and the media—it's just part of their 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 game these days. In our day, we probably would have been frowned upon and. and you know, players would have said, no, leave us alone. But, I mean, players are, are sort of brought up with the media and the attention uh, these days. So it's sort of second nature to them. You know, I think, you know, the the media broadcast now, I work for Fox Sports and we get a lot of access to the dressing rooms as well with, you know, cameras after the game and, and during the game. So I just think it's it's the way to go. People love watching it. The, the average punter down the street, um, you know, they... You know they love it, don't they? Um, and and the cricket experts as well. Like, you know, like you guys, it's just gives a different insight into, um, you know, the, I guess the pressures of the modern day player and the bit of fun they have and how they prepare and how they react to the different um, aspects of the game. So you know, I think it's it's great. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see more of it, but obviously there's there's gonna there's gonna be restrictions now, isn't there? With with COVID, it's probably not going to be quite the same for a little while. But yeah. um, you know, I think. Those, those sorts of documentaries um, are magnificent. It, it just it makes you feel like you, you're in the team and some of the pressures they go through. And it's not just cricket. I mean, um, there's been a lot of sporting teams have done the same format. Um, and over here with the football, um, Spurs yeah. did that. And again, you know, really interesting to see the likes of Mourinho and uh, 
how he interacts with these top names and maybe some of the egos of the big stars. But um, just I, I yeah. find it really fascinating, really fascinating. Yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly interesting, and um, you know, I'm sure there's there's going to be more of it um, these days with the way the world is is technology wise. David Boone and Murph Hughes enjoying it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cameraman might have got sprayed down. With, uh, <laughs> if they were in the dressing room, I reckon there yeah, would have been a bit dangerous for the cameraman for sure. Well, that's something you'd never see again is uh, David Boone's VB record on the plane up to England. I don't think that's going to yeah. be repeated, is it? <laughs> uh, no, I, think the, I think the boys are um, too. <laughs> you know, they, they won't even come close. Uh, there's a few decent drinkers there, I think, in the Australian team, but generally speaking, um, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty, um, their, their lifestyles are a fair bit different to what happened in those days. <laughs> yeah. What about the toughest opponents? Who are the, who are the guys? You, you mentioned, um, you know, your, 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 your heroes, yeah. if you like. Um, who, who are the ones that you really, when you, you were in a battle with and, 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 and found the hardest to play against? Well, I mean, obviously the Indians were very tough in India in those conditions, but I, I mean, I grew up, my initial part of my career was playing the West Indies, and they were the, you know, they were that far ahead of anyone else through the early nineties. Um, obviously, we beat them in '95, and it sort of changed a lot from there. But you know, you're, you're playing guys like Ambrose and, and Walsh and Marshall, Desmond Haynes with the bat. You know, he was a real competitor. Obviously, Viv Richards, um, and the South Africans were tough too. You know, Kepler Wessels was captain of South Africa when I first played, and they had guys like Donald and, and Pollock and. Um, you know, they had fantastic, you know, class batsmen as well, like Callis. Um, so, I mean, I mean, you respect anyone who plays for their country in Test match cricket has, has got something about them. You don't get there, you know, by fluke. So, you know, everyone's different in their own way, the way they carry themselves on the field. But, you know, some players, are, some batsmen are harder to get out than other, other batsmen and some bowlers are a bit more in your face than other, than other bowlers. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the great West Indian team, you would have to say they were, you know, they, they were very tough when I first started playing. I mean, England as well, Graham Gooch, what a, what a great player he was and a great competitor uh, Gucci was. So I had a lot of good times with Gucci on and off the field and I saw the way he went about his cricket. Uh, you know, he was a competitor and, a, you know, he hated losing and if he got out early in a county game, he'd go and, and do a 5K, 5K jog, you know, just to punish himself. So... <laughs> Not that I'd recommend doing that, um, but um, that's how that's how that's how tough Gucci was. Yeah, he, he loved to, to to play the game hard and hard and fair on the field. So no one in particular, but that 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 sort of those sort of guys I just mentioned were, were tough to play against. He kind of instilled that in in Alistair Cook. Alistair Cook is a is like a kind of a pet project, or was a pet project of Gucci from a from a very young age, um, and. Uh, Quite often, if you live around these parts and out on the country lanes, you could have seen the pair of them out running and uh, uh, and Gucci. Really? Oh yeah, and Gucci screaming at Cook to keep up, and uh, you know, only another only another two k to go. Keep going, keep going, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, that's that's madness. I couldn't think of anything worse than running actually around the <laughs> country lanes. I'd, I'd rather be playing golf or going to the pub. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. I mean, Alistair Cook was. A, I never played with Alistair. Obviously, a bit younger than me, but he's a fantastic. Um, protege from from Essex, uh, great leader and tremendous batsman as well. So, um, I'm talking about leaders. Leaders, Nasser is saying I, I played a lot with Nasser. And he he was a tough competitor. Don't worry. He He's tough at the, the bottom. He can spit the dummy. <laughs> 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 he wasn't one for buying a round of beers, though, was he? 
No, no, you're, no, exactly. I think he's, he, he doesn't go out of his room these days to save his, um, his, his tour allowance when he's commentating. But, um, <laughs> yeah, he loves lockdown. <laughs> but um, he, I always knew he had something different about him, Nasser. He had that a bit of an edge about him when he played for Essex. And, then, you know, he's, he had very high standards. So, in all, in all seriousness, I knew he would, you know, be an England player and he went on to captain England. But, you know, he had that little bit of mental toughness about him too. So, yeah, he was... Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Good good fun at certain times, and other other times I'd say you know it was hard to get along with. But um, you know he just had that that attitude that you know he wanted to, to be the best player he could be, and I think it rubbed a few people up the wrong way. <laughs> even at Essex, even at Essex, who <clears throat> had some guys who were pretty pretty easy going in the in the squad at that time, but he he was a bit different to those guys. He's pretty good on the mic these days as well. He's uh, very good. Yeah, sense. yeah, yeah. He is. Yeah, no, he's an excellent commentator. Of, um, him and um, Mike Atherton, you yeah. know, they, they go really good. There's a lot of great commentators there, but uh, yeah, no, NASA's doing well. Isha Guha's a big star down in uh, Australia, and she's kind of representing the progress that women are, uh, are making in the game. And uh, I mean, people forget that she was she was a hell of a cricketer when she was uh, when she was playing. And uh, another yeah, one so who was she a... tells us, yeah, <laughs> so she tells us following a, a little outswing as an inswinger. So, <laughs> but uh, a Isha's a she's a great commentator and um, lovely person as well. We're, obviously, we'll be together um, with the, the Indian series not far away. So she, she's in Australia as we speak, I think. Haven't, haven't caught up with Isha yet. But, um, yeah, look, she does a great job behind the microphone. She knows her stuff really well. She does yeah. a lot of homework. And, um, yeah, she's she's really good. I didn't I didn't see her play cricket, only little, uh, the odd video. But uh, in the commentary box, she's, she's really good fun and, she holds her own with the boys, that's for sure. She gives a bit of stick there, so, but she knows the cricket. Um, she, she's she's great to work with and, and very knowledgeable. She's very clever. She's got a she got a master's degree in biochemistry or something. Is she? I didn't yeah. think she was that clever. Oh no no no! Clever. Her and Ebony Rainsford <laughs> Brent. Yeah, they're the pair of them. Her and Ebony right. Rainsford Brent are. Um, yeah. They, yeah. Okay. Okay. They're, they're yeah, very no, clever. But I realised she was clever, but not that clever. Okay. <laughs> But women's cricket is in good shape in Australia. You got to yeah, it's going, it's going, it's going great. The women's cricket and the women's big bash is on at the moment in Australia, and they're, um, you know, the the TV audiences are really high, and obviously the crowds are not there at the moment. But uh, there's a lot, a lot of people watching women's cricket, uh, and it's it's improving every year. I think you know the the girls have gone to a new level with their professionalism. They're getting paid good money, and you can see it in the way they play. You know, there's a lot of good young players coming through in Australia as well. A girl called Phoebe Litchfield, who plays for the Sydney Thunder, who's a, a franchise I'm sort of involved with. Um, I think she's only 17. She's an amazing player. Look out for her, Phoebe Litchfield, 17 or 18. But, you know, the girls are very athletic, and, you know, they hit the ball hard, and, you know, they feel well. They're taking some great catches. I've watched some of the, the BBL this season. There's been some amazing catches. So it's just getting better and better every year, the, the standard of women's cricket. So away from cricket, what are you, what are you doing with yourself these days? Well, I, I, live, um, I live on the Central Coast, which is about an hour from Sydney. It's a rural area. My wife's a professional racehorse trainer, um, so I'm heavily involved in horse racing. Um, we've, we've got a farm here. Uh, we've got uh, horses on our farm. We've got 40 horses on the farm. And then uh, my wife trains at a, at a track not far away as well. So really involved a lot in horse racing. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm employed by Fox Sports, so that takes up a lot of time during the summer. Um, so I'm working there. I do a bit of work for Unibet. 
and I'm involved with the Sydney Thunder a little bit. But uh, it's mainly horse racing and cricket, really. They're, they're the two two sports and, and two things that take up uh, all my time. So I play a bit of golf. I love my golf and I love all sports, watching sport on TV. So, yeah, that's that's basically the life at the moment. Uh, pretty good. <laughs> You're going to have a Melbourne Cup winner? Uh, we've, we've had a Melbourne Cup runner a, a lot of years ago, but um, yeah, well, hopefully one day I'll have a Melbourne Cup winner, but that's <laughs> not easy to do. That's, that's, that's a pretty tough, tough job to do. But, um, you know, I love my racing and uh, it's, it's a big part of what goes on in my life at the, at, at the present time. Any desires to go back into the selection side of things? No, no, I, I was selected for four years. I really enjoyed that actually, but then... Um, I signed with Fox Sports and it was just a bit, uh, a bit too much, not, not a conflict, but it, it, it wasn't, it was difficult at times to sort of do both things. But uh, I love my time as a selector um, in Australia. It was certainly challenging, but uh, now, now I just focus on the commentary and, um, you know, that's, that's enough to keep me, to keep me pretty busy. We were on the show last week, we were talking about the, um, the changes that are coming into the, to the BBL, the, the power surge and the X factor and all that. Kind of razzmatazz. Mm. Uh, what's your views on that? Geez, I haven't got my head around those three three changes. <laughs> yet. Um, we'll see how it goes. I, I didn't think there was any need to really change T Twenty cricket too much. You know, I think it's if you get good pitches and good good quality players, the entertainment's there without tampering too much with what's going on. So we'll wait and see. Yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't haven't really looked at those changes too much, but we'll have to wait and see how it affects um, if there's positive impact on the game. Hopefully, there is. Yeah. All right, Mark, listen, we will let you crack on. I know it's early and we do appreciate you getting yeah, up. Yeah, i get some breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> a healthy one. No no, no big full English briar for you. <laughs> no, exactly. No. No, uh, no, enjoy talking to you guys. I, I really love my time at Essex. I've got a lot of great memories there and some good friends there. Obviously, I don't catch up with them as much as I'd like to. Um, I forgot, I've got to mention Ronnie Arani. He'd be, he'd be upset if I didn't mention oh, his name, actually. Yeah. Ronnie's a good mate of mine, so I can't go without mentioning Ronnie. But, um, you know, I have great respect for Essex. So I always look at the results and how they're going and um, always love my time there uh, when I played there. Well, I know Ronnie's a shy, retiring kind of character, but um, ever since... <laughs> I think he's, isn't he the, the CEO at Essex or something now? He's, he's, he's the director of the, or the cricket committee. But what I would say oh, is okay. that since he got that role, that was the turnaround when Essex came up from Division 2... They won the championship. They've won the T20 Blast. They've won the Bob Willis Trophy this year. Yeah, uh, and I think Ronnie takes uh, or should deserve a lot of credit for 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 that success. Yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, Ronnie. Good. He'll tell you anyway. That's all because of him. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, good to talk to you guys. Um, and all the best uh, over there in England. Many thanks, Mark. <laughs>